Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey, it's me. <clears throat> my Oh my God. I still have not gotten totally over my cold, my voice. I haven't really talked yet today and this very scratchy voice coming out of me is kind of a surprise. That's not great. My stepdad got really sick this week and totally lost his voice. Um, So is that happening to me? Let's hope not. Anyway, hi, everyone. Um, Oh, no. (laughs) An Operation Santa update is that I've raised $5,600, which is just fucking incredible. Um, I've spent like $54. 500 of that. Um, well, I've really spent about 5,000. I put 500 aside for shipping because there's a lot of gifts this year. I think last year shipping was around 200 something. So I just put 500 aside because it will get donated, whatever I don't use. Um, I bought six kids worth of gifts. I've been, I've actually like, I'm so ahead with wrapping. I'm so proud of myself. I only have, um, two kids, like one family left to wrap, which is fucking awesome. I hate wrapping gifts so much. I know for some people it's like meditation. For me, it hurts. It physically pains me to wrap gifts. First of all, like hurts my back. I don't like it. And I'm also I'm like so bad at it. I'm not good at anything crafty at all. And wrapping just goes in line with that. They all look like shit. (laughs) Sorry, kids. Santa sucks at wrapping gifts is what I like want to write a little note in them. But I've got basically everything that's on their wish list, uh, a bunch of gift cards for the parents. Um, Zachariah and Ruben's parent is getting $1,000 in gift cards. If you read the letters, um, they are the two kids that had a really hard year. One was diagnosed with autism. The other one is uh, blind and will need a surgery soon. And so I figured their mom, who I could tell their mom wrote the letter, their mom, um, could probably use the money. Um, and then the rest of the families are getting $200 in gift cards. Uh, they all got a bunch of clothes and toys and I'm really excited. I also donated to a bunch of different, um, like trans Santa's lists. Uh, today I realized I'd like had 500 ish dollars spend. So I went on one simple wish and donated $498 or something to get somebody a fridge that needed a fridge. So that's really exciting. Thank you all so much. Everybody donated. It's my favorite time. of. It's like my favorite thing that I do in the year and I couldn't do it without you all. So thank you. All right. Let's talk about, well, I think I want to talk about the Duggars. By the way, it was a reunion. This is going to be a reunion episode. I'm going to briefly talk about the reunion. It was truly unbearable to watch. (laughs) So fucking bad. Those two episodes, I fast forwarded through parts. I was rageful, angry when Dr. Drew just randomly looked at Kaya and Tiaza and Amber and said, were any of you sexually molested as a child? Um, And then Tiaza had a like panic attack on stage as Dr. Drew like gleefully looked on. It was offensive, honestly, what I saw. Um, So I'm going to talk about that. There's also some Chris and Kale and Brie lawsuit drama updates that I'm going to talk about. Um, 
But first, I'm going to talk about the Duggars, I think. I mean, I don't think. I know. I am going to talk about the Duggars right now. Um, so, obviously, you know, skip ahead if you don't want to hear about this. Trigger warning for all things child abuse and sexual assault. Oh, my God. My voice is crazy. <laughs> this is not great. Um, okay. Trigger warning for all things Duggar related, which... You all know what that relates to. So first things first, I'm obviously glad that Josh was found guilty. I am genuinely shocked he went to trial. If you listen to me talk about it on Patreon, I'm pretty sure I said there's absolutely no way this will go to trial. Like I truly had a I have to eat my hat moment when I realized it really was going to trial. I genuinely could not believe it. Um, going to trial was a choice that I could not and still do not understand um for I mean really for most people I I can't imagine that they offered a plea deal that now in retrospect was better or was worse than what he will be getting sentenced from the judge so I just I can't believe he went to trial in the first place um I've seen some speculation that they went to trial so that he essentially will like never have to admit he's guilty and Jim Bob can continue to like trot him around as a wronged martyr, essentially something about the Apostle Paul. I don't understand that. Um, we'll get to that. I, I don't understand a lot of the religious references. I don't really need anybody to explain them to me because I'm a like me no care on that. Um, so just so we're clear like I don't please don't DM me a long explanation on some fucking scripture I don't care (laughs) like I truly no care about that but I think that's probably why he went to trial um I did follow the trial all week Derek Dillard was there all week sitting with Anna um the one that I found pretty interesting was Joy and her husband Austin who seemed pretty distressed throughout the trial. I'm not somebody that really likes to look at pictures of people and be like, oh my God, they're obviously upset. Like, I don't really love body language experts. I don't, I don't love that stuff. I think it's just like really easy to project onto shit like that. But like, there were times that Austin particularly came out looking like he had been crying. Um, if you don't know, Joy is was Josh's youngest victim out of his siblings, the four siblings that Josh molested, which uh, his a former family friend revealed in court, you know, all of the gruesome details, which there's speculation that the girls didn't actually know about um, until it was said in court. But it was Jill, Jill, Jessa, um, Ginger and Joyanna. So, Joanna was only about five at the time. Um, There's also a family friend. It was not Amy, cousin Amy. It was family friend. Nobody knows who it is. I don't, I have no idea who it is. I don't feel comfortable speculating. I wouldn't speculate on that. But Joy and Anna were there for most of the time, which I found interesting. Obviously, they sat in the back a lot of the time, not up with the family, which I also found interesting. Um, Joy has been a pretty true believer as far as we know and pretty in line with the Duggar family values even since marrying so that's been pretty interesting um so yeah it's just been like kind of surprising to see them there and be sitting in the back it wasn't surprising to see see Derek there um you know Jill and Derek have 
like publicly kind of broken away from the family. Derek has a law degree. Derek also has no job, so he could just go every day. I mean, it is what it is. As far as I know, Derek doesn't have a fucking job. He's never had a job. Like, call me when Derek actually has a job, honestly. Um, everybody fucking loves Derek because he, like, has spoken out against Jim Bob, which, like, cool. But, like, I have not forgotten that he bullied Jazz Jennings when she was, like, 14 and he was a grown-ass adult. And I will not forget that until he fucking publicly apologized to Jazz, which he's not going to because he's still a conservative Christian. <laughs> I'm glad that he and Jill have broken away from like the IBLP seemingly, but I beyond that, like, okay, I'm not I'm not into them. So as I said, you know, as we all know, Josh was found guilty. I will say I had a big problem with a lot of the celebration around this. Um how do I want to phrase this? I think that there is a way to be happy that justice was served and I am glad that justice was served and I like I'm happy about that but to be appropriately somber that um like real children were exploited and used for childhood sexual assault materials you know like real kids were in those videos and real kids were damaged by this and those videos still exist Um, And these children that are in these videos are going to continue to be assaulted every time those videos are viewed. Every single time, every single time somebody views a video featuring children being sexually exploited, they're being re-victimized. And that's why, obviously, like, whatever you want to call it, CP, child pornography, child sexual assault materials, um, CP is an extremely catchy and easy to use phrase. Um, CSIM hasn't quite caught on as much in America. I'm trying to integrate that into my language. Um, I've been doing a decent job, but you know, language change is always hard. But every time a CSIM image is viewed, a child is being assaulted each and every single time. So there's nothing to celebrate about Josh being found guilty. Like, it's not a celebration. You can be appropriately, like, appropriately happy with the result and still respectful of the seriousness of the situation. I'm very glad that justice was served. I'm very glad. I'm very glad that Josh had to actually face some real consequences for his behavior. I'm very glad that, like, he's not going to be able, hopefully, to be viewing material like this again. I mean, I guess until he gets out of prison. But I just I just don't I don't know. I I find like the the over the moon joy about it to be really uncomfortable. Um I do understand that like some of it is from victims who never got justice themselves and I don't know. I just don't think that like I don't think it's appropriate to like celebrate in a situation like this, regardless of your circumstance. And I say this as somebody that is a victim of childhood sexual assault. So like it's, <laughs> uh, but every, you know, everybody deals with their shit differently. That's just like my personal opinion that I think regardless of your own history, it's just not appropriate to act like something joyful and joyous and incredible happened because it didn't. Um, that's just my two cents on like kind of like the celebratory nature around it. Um, I also think that a lot of people have been like 
unhealthily projecting themselves into this case, which like, look, I do that with shit too. So <laughs> who am I to judge that? Um, I want to talk a little bit about Anna first. I, one, I was really interested in her wardrobe choices for court. Um, very modern. She was very modernly dressed. Her knees were showing. I think that was definitely a purposeful decision by her in the defense team. Um, you know, optics are really important in court. The jury is made up of humans <laughs> who have human emotions and they're not robots. So even if we tell them you're not allowed to judge on anything but the facts of the case, they judge on everything that's going on in the courtroom. I definitely feel for, uh, what was I saying? I feel for Anna. I don't know if that's true. Okay. My thoughts on Anna are complex as I think they should be. Um, I think that there is room to have empathy for Anna and recognize that Anna is a victim of a, an abusive cult in which she was literally groomed her entire life to be in this position while also recognizing that she has exposed her children to a child predator that that's just a fact right I I don't think that it needs to be like well I have no empathy for Anna because she didn't protect her children I I think that there is room to have both empathy and also condemnation for her actions regarding Josh um I think a lot of people are curious like what Josh must have told her if she believed that Josh was innocent um I think the thing is is that it's hard for us who were not raised in a cult like theirs to really wrap our heads around the mind frame that Anna has in regards to Josh. Um, I believe she probably thought he was set up. I believe that he probably told her they don't, all of the evidence is fake, blah, blah, blah. But I think that when I think of like what Josh must have told Anna, I'm applying like a rational, inquisitive mind to the situation, which I don't think Anna necessarily has. The thing with the IBLP, the Institute of Basic Life Principles, the cult in which they are part of this in independent fundament fundamentalist Baptist cult, which is kind of a bunch of families that are strung together via their homeschooling curriculum that's called ATI. And their following of this man named Bill Gothard, who is now in prison. Is Bill Gothard in prison? He's also a sexual predator who led this cult called the Institute of Basic Life Principles for a very long time. Um, What's-his-face is now in charge of the IBLP. One of the Bates dad, Gil Bates, is that his name? But the thing with the IBLP is that, like, they literally beat inquisitiveness out of children. Literally. Um, it's that's what How to Train Up a Child is, the book by the Pearls, which is like the famous parenting book that the Duggars followed, which involves blanket training, which is you put like a six month old starting a baby starting at like six months old on a blanket. And every time it like manages to get off the blanket, you hit the baby. Um, it's horrific. They believe in strict corporal punishment. And the thing with these groups is that the parents, especially the fathers, are have ultimate authority um, for was it for feathers in my hair? It might have been for feathers in my hair, but it might have been for Patreon. I don't know. I took a commission. Part of me feels like it was for feathers in my hair back when I was like randomly doing commissions on here. But now I think it was probably for Patreon. But I read the the four older girls, their book, the Duggars book. And like the whole thing is just like about how incredible their parents are. Like 
you are taught to worship your parents in these cults. That's why I think so many narcissistic abusers are drawn to this cult specifically because you're not really under the strict control, like a central leader. Like the men are given essential complete power over their families. I mean, most of these people don't even go to church. They do home church. Like they have almost no exposure to outside world except their little families, maybe like the five other families they see, and then the people they see like twice a year at their homeschooling conventions. Like there's very little access to outside world. And you're really trained to like ask no questions whatsoever, to have no curiosity, to have no spark and no spirit and only follow the will of your parents and then your husband. And so I think for us, we're like... (laughs) Well, how could Anna possibly believe he's innocent? It doesn't make any fucking sense. I think Anna doesn't ask questions the way that we ask questions. I think that Anna um, isn't a a victim of abuse from childhood. Um, I think she probably joyfully serves her husband. If you know what that means, it means wives can absolutely never say no to their husbands when it comes to sex, especially, but basically everything. Um, I think that Anna was also promised by Jim Bob in 2015 that if she didn't leave Josh, they would take care of her. Um, I think that Anna just like, I think she probably blames herself for a lot of it. I really just, I think that she doesn't have the capacity to question Josh the way that most of us do because I think that was like literally beat out of her now it doesn't get beat out of all kids right which is how people are able to leave um I think some people just like naturally like it can't go away like they can't get rid of that part of them that keeps questioning um they have more resiliency in certain ways I want to frame this um, I want to say that correctly I think they have resiliency for independence which is how they're able to leave but I actually think somebody like Anna has a lot of resiliency factors when it comes to self-protection and somebody like Anna may actually be like happier in the long run because she's kind of able to shut down so much of herself that she can just like float through this world that she's in as a believer um so I think I just want to be clear that I don't think people that don't leave like don't have resiliency I think that they are just probably better at being able to adapt to the lifestyle that they're being trained to lead um so yeah like I think Josh will say I think Anna will say with Josh forever I think that she has failed her children I mean I feel so fucking sad for her kids it's so sad to have a father that is a sexual predator is devastating it is such an incredibly traumatizing situation even if he has never been inappropriate with his children it's so fucked up to your psyche right like it's such a huge trauma and they're not going to get the help that they need and that's so upsetting to me um those kids should be deep in therapy those kids should have been in therapy honestly (laughs) since 2015 when it came out that Josh had been molesting his sisters um I I don't like to speculate on if he did anything to his kids because we truly have zero way of knowing there's been some rumors that Anna wasn't cooperating with CPS but I don't really know what that means 
um, you can't not cooperate with CPS at a certain point. You know what I mean? Like Josh is now a convicted sexual predator. I find it hard to believe that if CPS wanted to go after Anna and Josh for their children and like figure out what was going on, they would have a pretty easy uh, like court ordered access to these children. So I, I don't really know. Like I've read that Anna refused the forensic interviews, but I'm like, okay, so get a court order. Their dad's under arrest for viewing CSIM. Like what do you, uh, <laughs> like the, what do you mean she's refusing to cooperate? Like CPS has a lot of access to families, like it, probably more so than the average um, like police officer to adults. You know what I mean? Like they have a lot of leeway with courts. And so that's it confuses me when I hear that. I'm not quite sure what it means, but I hope that CPS has had access to them. Um I don't I don't know what's best. I've seen some people say the kids should be taken for mana too. I I don't I don't know if that's the best thing for them. I find it hard to believe that they wouldn't get placed with a relative if that happened. And so is that better than being with Anna? I don't know. I don't know. I just I I think that Anna when we consider her actions, I think we can be empathetic for how she got here and also not okay with her behavior and call like it is that she's not protecting her children um I just and by protecting I don't mean protecting them like from Josh's abuse I mean protecting them from like the extreme trauma that they will have as a result of having a father that's a sexual predator who's serving prison time and not getting them the appropriate mental health response that they absolutely need like without a doubt every single one of them will need appropriate mental health care that they're not going to get um so that's kind of like my thoughts on Anna I'm just looking at this time let me take a quick break quake brick <laughs> let me take a quick break here and then I'll talk about this a little more okay so let's talk about some of the um responses to the Duggar conviction Jill and Derek wrote a okay statement kind of what I expected to be basically saying that he went to court for the whole week because they just had been lied to for so many years they wanted the truth um, that they are praying for Anna and her children etc then Jeremy and Ginger came out with this incredibly strongly worded statement that has shook me to my core I guess you could say I like I am so shocked by it um as far as where Jeremy and Jer- Jeremy and Ginger stand with the family they definitely are the most liberal of the siblings I mean Jill and Derek are kind of I guess maybe in the same type of path as them although like Jeremy and Ginger up until this point haven't separated themselves from the family like Jill and Derek have. But if you remember, Ginger was the first to wear pants. Ginger was openly on birth control, right? Uh, Did she openly talk about it? Um, But Jeremy was raised in a pretty non-fundamentalist family the same way that uh, Derek was. I think Derek was a little more conservative than Jeremy was. I think Jeremy was so incredibly conservative Christian for like the average person, but they weren't raised in like the IBLP cult. I've long spoken about the fact that I think that Jeremy and Ginger 
kind of behave so modernly, if you will, because they want to be influencers and you can't be a popular influencer if you look like a fucking freak the way that the Duggars do, right? Because Duggars are squarely in the look at these fucking freaks category and when they have that permed hair and the long jean skirts and the shirts up to their chins and like it it just doesn't sell the way that like the they're going for like the modern hipster Orange County um, Hillsong vibe even though like they're so incredibly conservative Christian. So they released this statement yesterday which says As we are processing this week's event, several thoughts have come to mind we feel are important to share. We are saddened for the victims of horrific child abuse. We are also saddened for Josh's family, his wife, and his precious children. We are saddened for the dishonor this is brought upon Christ's name. Josh claims to be a Christian. When a professor, when a professing follower of Jesus is exposed as a hypocrite, the response of many will be to challenge the integrity of Jesus himself. They'll question the legitimacy of a savior whose so-called followers privately delight in the sins they publicly denounce. This is why the apostle Paul told religious hypocrites, the name of the God, the name of God is blasphemous and among the Gentiles because of you. Romans 2.24. For Josh, we fear for his soul. <laughs> Yet amid our sadness, there is gratitude. We are grateful that God is a God that God is a God of justice who cares for the innocent and the helpless and of all the people in this world. He especially loves children who are among the most vulnerable. This reality makes the existence of sex trafficking and child abuse one of the most horrific evils imaginable. It is an evil God hates. Jesus welcomed and cared for children, seeing their helplessness as an opportunity to protect, not exploit, Matthew 19, 14. And his harshest indictment was reserved for those who confess, who caused them to stumble. It would be better for him to have a great milestone fastened around his neck and be drowned in the depth of the sea. A great millstone, not a great milestone. <laughs> Matthew eighteen six. For those who follow him, who requires the same compassion towards children, see that you do not despise, blah, 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 blah. It's another one. The Apostle James put this care at the heart of true religion, another Bible verse. We are thankful to God for exposing Josh's actions and to a legal system committed to protecting the innocent and, and punishing the guilty in this case. We are grateful for justice. We are praying for further justice, vindication, and protection and hearing for all those who have been wronged. Wowzer. Um... Okay, first of all, I think the thing that sticks out to me most, although a lot in this sticks out to me, is the fact that they said that Josh claims to be a Christian. Now, that's basically like the harshest thing that they could say against another Duggar is that he's not really a Christian. Um, the fact that they called him a hypocrite, that they feared for his soul, I mean, that is, I just cannot believe how strongly worded they went. This is by far the harshest statement that any of the Duggars have given. Um, Joy liked this post, which is good, I guess. I'm glad to see that. I think it's really hard to tell where any of anybody stands, really, on this and with their family and with their parents. Um, Jim Bob basically lied under oath. He he didn't technically per it would be really hard to prove that he perjured himself but he got up on the stand in the pre-trial hearings because there was um some like back and forth if they were going to allow Josh's past actions against his sisters into the case which I was almost kind of surprised that they did because it's 
once you hear that, I think it can be hard to judge fairly. But the judge, like me not really knowing that much about the law was like, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't let that in because that's like a really appealable point. But when the judge ruled that it would be allowed in, he gave all this case law basically saying like proving that like this basically never gets appealed for this reason. So it's like, oh, OK, cool. That makes sense. Um, a delivery truck has dared to present itself towards my home. <laughs> the dog is not happy. Um, oh my gosh, we had Santa come by this morning, which they didn't do last year because of COVID. So I guess it was nice to see, but they come through on the fire truck, blaring cookie, cookie, no like, cookie, no like Santa, <laughs> no like Santa on the fire truck. But yeah, for Jeremy and Ginger to come out with such a strong statement, like I said, Joy liked the post. Um, she had also been liking comments against Amy Duggar, cousin Amy, who has been like super verbally against Josh, her and her mother. Amy confuses me a little because some of the shit she says doesn't add up. <laughs> She's like, well, as soon as we knew, you know, we were lied to for many years. And we didn't know, which I believe. And then as soon as we knew, we stopped having contact with them. It's like, OK, but like you were on counting on and like you weren't raising this cult. So like you and your mom had the ability to read the police report. And like you're telling me you didn't. Leave. It's just it's they don't necessarily track for me um, some of the things that Amy says, but that's kind of besides the point. Uh, I guess Joy was like liking comments against Amy, which I think might just be personal beef. I don't know. But she did like this post. Um, one of the boys shared it. Justin, I think, shared it. Hold on. I'm going to find out. Okay. Jason shared it. Um, it. It's just... It's just pretty surprising to see any of them, like, take such a harsh stance against him. I mean, to straight up claim that Josh is not a Christian is really going against the line of what Jim Bob, who is still running for senator or whatever the fuck he's running for, um, it really just, like, goes against the Jim Bob line but did I finish explaining what he was lying about in court? Oh, right. So during the pretrial, they had Jim Bob get on the stand and he basically gave like, I do not recall. I do not recall. I do not recall about everything regarding the abuse, um, which is perjury because, of course, he recalls. But it would it's really almost impossible to prove perjury when somebody says, I do not recall, which is why they say it. Right. Because how do you prove that someone's lying about their memory like that? Um, it's just that's usually why that's the go to kind of phrase in court when you're under uh, oath as opposed to saying, no, that did not happen. You hit you hit him with a I do not recall. Um, so Jim Bob apparently like there's rumors saying that Jim Bob is like holding this hard line that Josh is like the Apostle Paul. So Jeremy mentioning that gives kind of credence to that rumor that Jim Bob is saying that supposedly there are two children that are like very very adamantly not agreeing with Jim Bob in the way that he's handling this which now people believe to be Jill and Ginger after this I just like I'm surprised to see their statement is so much harsher than um Jill and Derek's because they've already broken away will Jill and or will Ginger and Jeremy like totally break away from the Duggars I don't think so but I will be curious um I just like I just can't believe that they said they feared for Josh's soul and that they don't believe Josh is a Christian um like that 
you really like there's nothing worse that they can say in their world you know because their whole world revolves around being true followers of christ so if they say that you're not a christian that's pretty brutal so i just i want to say like good for them for jeremy and ginger for coming out so strongly and not just saying that he's wrong but also saying like he's a bad person (laughs) he's a hypocrite they fear for his soul good I was I was really glad to actually I was like shook to read that honestly I was stunned um okay and then the last piece of Duggar news it came out that Jana Duggar back in September was arrested for child endangerment um I think like the lowest form, like a class four mist, a class three misdemeanor or something, which is like maximum 90 days in jail. Um, a class three misdemeanor is like the least serious type of like crime that you can be charged with. Uh, it came out yesterday or two days ago. Yesterday, I guess I'm recording this on Saturday. And Katie Joy from Without a Crystal Ball was one who broke the news, which I was surprised about. I kind of thought think her and Amy Duggar fell out so I was kind of surprised that she got the source but she did she says that Jana was watching some of the younger kids so not Duggars because I think Josie is 12 years old which is crazy it's crazy to believe but that she was watching some of the kids I would assume probably the M kids as they're called which is Anna and Josh's children because they all have the letter M but who knows? It could have been any of their, you know what I mean? Any of the Arkansas siblings that live in Ar- Arkansas that have a bunch of little kids. Jana watches them all, I think. Um, although I do think that now the Lost Girls, as they call them, which is Jennifer, Johanna, I think there's one more. Um, I think they're now, those poor girls are now uh, watching the M children a lot too, which is, you know, their sister momming it up sister auntie whatever mom auntie whatever you want to call it so Jana supposedly fell asleep when she was watching the children and some of the little kids like got out of the house and were playing by a road somebody called the police um I honestly from what we know now as of now which is very little I feel bad for Jana um it sucks that this is being reported in the same breath as the Josh stuff because the way it's being reported makes it seems like it has something to do with Josh and it doesn't. Everyone's like, oh, well, she definitely Josh see the kids that she he wasn't allowed to see. It's like, no, 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 no. This happened in September. This absolutely would have come out at trial if that was the case because it would have been a condition of it was a condition of his bail. His bail would have been revoked if the police were involved. Right. Like I I'm a little, con- if it's true that she just fell asleep on the couch, I'm curious as to why she was charged. That sounds to me like an honest mistake. Um, I, I, I don't know. I wonder if the local law enforcement's kind of on high alert with the Duggars and doesn't want to be the cop that like lets a Duggar get away with something and then something worse happens and it comes out that he was at the case. So let's say like you're a cop, you stumble onto the scene you kind of realize it was a mistake so you're like okay I'm not like there's nothing to punish here mistakes happen please don't fall asleep by watching these kids take better care of them um and that was that and then like two months later one of the it happens again one of the kids gets hit by a car and dies and then there somebody finds out that the police had been there and didn't do anything it's like that um 
I kind of wonder if that's what's going on. I wonder if Jana was maybe high. Um, not like maybe not even on illegal drugs. Maybe she has a Xanax prescription or something. You know what I mean? Like, I I'm just curious as to what happened that she would actually get a charge. Um, and not just like a regardless of what the situation was the police report a little more came out like a little more information and it seemed like no vehicle was involved because I was like maybe she had a kid riding in the front seat with her um because you can get these charges for things like not having the kid in a car seat letting a kid that's too small ride in the front seat like that type of thing apparently no car was involved so I think that leads a little more credibility to the kid wandering out in the street situation um I, if that happened, I'm guessing there was something else that happened that caused them to go through with charging her with a crime. Um, Apparently, she's already entered plea deal. My guess would be that she's going to take some sort of probation that when she um, finishes the probation, the charge will be dropped and it will be off her record. That's usually what happens in first like offenses like this, especially like a non-felony first offense. Um. I just I'm very I feel bad in some ways for Jana just like I don't love the way that this is her getting reported it happened like literally the day after whatever that Josh is convicted and so it's like Josh Duggar who is convicted of child porn his sister was arrested for child endangerment and everyone's like oh oh, oh, what (laughs) like there's no way to kind of separate them in the media right now and from what we know or until we find out more like I feel bad for Jana that she's kind of getting like wrapped up in this bullshit um that she didn't have anything to do with as far as we know and Jana who has like lived what seems to be a really shitty life I mean she still fucking shares room with her little sisters at her parents house and like act is just like a lifetime of indentured servitude towards her parents and siblings as far as we can tell it just makes me feel a little sad. Um, I actually feel bad for her, but I reserve the right not to feel bad for her if it came out that she did something fucked up. <laughs> but like if she just fell asleep, like that shit happens, right? Like parents fall asleep and she's not even a parent. And like, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how like it's hard for me to feel like she deserves seven in child endangerment charge regardless of what happened when Jim Bob has not gotten into any trouble for not protecting his children and other children from Josh Duggar. I think those are my feelings on the Duggars in general right now. Um, I didn't really expect to talk about them for 40 minutes and yet here we are. <laughs> I didn't think I would talk about them at all because I wasn't sure if there's anything I had to add to the case but I guess there was so there we go um let's quickly talk about okay so just an update on Kale's lawsuit against Bree which I have said since we first found out about it that it was going to get dismissed and that Kale was going to have to pay Bree's legal fees which I still feel like is probably going to happen um Chris wrote a sworn affidavit basically confirming everything that Bree said except the breaking and entering part but I want to read what he said um because it caused some drama of course As it always does, this is what he said. 
I met with Brianna in Miami on around April 11, 2021. We spent a few days there together. On the first day we spent together, we spoke about the incident that happened between Kale and Lowry and myself in September 2020, which resulted in Lowry's arrest. I told Bree that Kalen punched me multiple times during this incident. I told Brianna that Kalen punched me because Kalen was mad that I cut our son Lux's hair. I told Brianna that Kalen learned of Lux's haircut when she visited my mother's home on September 4th, 2020 to pick up Lux. I told Bree that my mother and my sister were both present during the incident and witnessed Kale's conduct. I told Bree that upon learning of Lux's haircut, Kalen became very upset, stormed into my mother's home and began to punch me. I told Bree that I did not fight back and continued to allow Kalen to hit me. Ugh, it's so bad. I told Bree that my mother or sister pulled Kalen away from me and told her to leave. I told Bree that after Kalen punched me, that after Kalen punched me and left my mother's home, I called the police. I am aware that Kalen has presented testimony from an eyewitness, our son's nanny, as to the events of September 4th, 2020. I know that she and I know that they redacted her name, but I know Nanny and have met her before. Nanny was not there during the above incident. She was outside in a car and could not have observed any of the events that took place in this house. Her testimony of being an eyewitness is a lie. She could not have witnessed any part of the events if she was not there. Under penalties of perjury, blah, 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 blah. I declare that this is a, that this is true. So, um, (laughs) there's a lot there. One, I think it's important that we go back and look at exactly what Bree said. Okay, Bree first said, like, Kale's sitting on the show legitimately filming about a wallpaper color choice when she could be filming about a domestic abuse situation with Chris that I would have to- that I was told she was trying to hide. This was back when Lux's hair was cut and she, al- she was allegedly arrested after allegedly getting into a physical altercation with Chris. Then she said, Kale did not want to film about the situation with the domestic violence about her getting arrested, about her breaking and entering into Chris's mom's house. She doesn't want to film about her hitting Chris because Chris cut her son's hair. She doesn't want to film about any of that. So it's not my fault that she got cut from the episode. I was just stating facts. Um, And then this article says, Kale and her legal team denied claims of Kale breaking and entering and hitting Chris. So this whole time, Kale's like been obsessed with that breaking and entering phase phrase and in the um, affidavit, Chris does not say that Kale broke and entered, but he does say that Kale stormed into the home. I find it really hard to believe that because, you know, the, the, um, as I've talked about, like the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I don't know. The bar is so high when it comes to defamation of a public figure that hinging entire defamation suit on the phrase breaking and entering when she never said she was arrested for breaking and entering she said she was arrested for domestic violence which is what happened there was a domestic violence incident kale did hit chris like i just find it hard to believe that she could get anywhere just on that one thing um i feel pretty confident that this is going to be dismissed and that kale will be paying Bree's legal fees which is expensive i mean this has been i think kale or Bree has done like two motion like I would bet Bree spent over $10,000 so far in legal fees. Um, This is not going to be cheap. Even if Kale withdraws the suit now, like just totally withdraws, I think that Bree and her team would still sue for damages as they should for legal fees. Um, I think that Kale is a fucking idiot to file this. I cannot believe a lawyer took her money to do this. I obviously the other part of this is that after this came out or like right before it like went around, but 
Kale knew it was about to come out. She got on Instagram and said, allegedly, Brie and Chris fucked. Now, do I think Brie and Chris had sex? We know they were together in Miami, as per Chris's statement. I don't know. Maybe. I feel like if they... Brie says they didn't. I feel like if they did, Brie would have said it already because Brie is fucking petty too and Brie loves to get under Kale's skin and I think she just would have said that Chris and I fucked if she could you know what I mean like if she would claim like I really do think that she would say that um I've seen a lot of people kind of come at Brie for being disgusting for hooking up with two of Kale's exes I don't really care about all that (laughs) like I think it's Brie looking for if it's true that she fucked him I think it's Brie looking for drama but I also don't think it's the biggest deal in the world I don't know like, compared to the shit that Kale does, like, beating the shit out of her ex-boyfriend, like, <laughs> like, running, drive, remember, don't forget that Kale got home with Lux and Dover an hour away from where Chris lives, noticed the hair was cut, and then drove a full hour back to Chris's house before she stormed in his house and beat him up. Um, Like, that hour has always been the scariest part to me. There's something so scary about the fact that she couldn't come down in that full hour that it took to drive back there. Um, You know, like I can under I mean, I can't really understand like that level of anger. Honestly, I I don't really get angry like that. I'm not a violent person. It's hard for me to like even understand like that level of anger. But like I can understand being really upset. But like by 30 minutes into your drive, if you have not calmed down, like... (sighs) Kale needs, I know Kale says she goes to therapy twice a week, but Kale needs serious anger management therapy as well. Um, I think that the focus of this being on Brie fucking Chris is the wrong focus. I also, I don't know. I think it's kind of funny. Like, I think it's stupid of Brie if she fucked Chris. Like, I do. I think that's stupid. But I also think it's kind of funny if she did it. Because Kale's just, like, so easy to get under her skin. And, like, she always follows her Brie doing it. Um, I also, like, I would say the person who probably should be maddest is the mother of Chris's new child who would have been pregnant in April, right? I don't know how to do math, but, like, she was early in her pregnancy in April. If she just had her baby a couple weeks ago, like one, one would think that maybe she should be mad at Chris for this. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Chris also was tweeting this week something about the fact that like Kale sends the boys to his house with like shoes that are dirty or shoes that are too small or no shoes on at all. And I think that's horseshit like if there's one thing about kale it's that her kids are fed and dressed you know what I mean like nobody can say that kale neglects her children's like needs like that um I think if she's sending them over there in shitty clothes it's because Chris keeps their nice clothes and like sends them back in shitty clothes I know that's like a really common thing in custody where the non-custodial parent like will just like treat the child's goods really crappy so the custodial parents start sending them over and kind of crappy stuff and also like if your kid comes over without shoes and you're the non-primary parent like go buy them shoes you have the ability put them in your car go over to fucking target and get them some shoes i don't i have trouble ever feeling bad for chris to be honest oh gosh if kale and chris or if kale not kale if chris and brie fucked it's just like Brie's stupid for putting herself in more drama with Kale, but it's also funny. It is. It's funny. I just can't wait for this lawsuit to get dismissed and for Kale to lose because it's just such a ridiculous lawsuit. 
All right, let's briefly talk about this fucking hybrid of a reunion we watched, which was so bizarre. They decided to do the OG and the Team Mom Young and Pregnant reunion together, which, like, okay. Um, Then they, like, paired up the moms to, like, have them talk to one another, which worked as far as, like, Caitlin, Tyler, and Rachel, right? Although Rachel was wearing this hilarious, like, Deb prom dress, basically. <laughs> oh, girly. Um. That was, like, their segment was fine. They had Cheyenne and Brie together, which didn't make any sense to me um, at all. Because they were like, they're going to talk about co-parent. Oh, no, 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 no. It wasn't Cheyenne and Brie. Excuse me. They had Cheyenne and Kayla and then Macy and Brie. When really, they, like, they're like, Brie, they're going to bring Brie out to talk to Macy about the struggles of co-parenting. I'm like, Brie doesn't co-parent with anybody. What are you talking about? They should have brought Kayla out for Macy because they both deal with like a shitty deadbeat baby dad, but he's like at least aware of who he is and in the picture, unlike Breeze. That was nonsensical to me. That didn't make any sense. Um, but okay. Bree and Kayla. Oh my I keep mixing around. Cheyenne and Kayla, like, okay. Uh Ray, or Amber and Kaya was okay um and then did they not bring out oh yeah I guess they didn't bring out the new girls at all interesting were they not even there was Kayla Jay not there am I just realizing this I turned it off when they started sewing previews of that family vacation guys I know I said I'd watch that and recap that but I'm not so sure (laughs) I'm not so sure I do not care to see them doing physical challenges I'm just not I, I don't I don't think I care for that. I'm not so sure we'll be watching that on feathers of my hair. It does not look good. Um, some things I want to talk about from the reunion. One, Macy was drunk as fuck. What was going on there? Macy was so fucked up in a way that I found uncomfortable. I what was happening? I wonder if she's like on a new med and still drinking like she normally does on it, but she was intoxicated like really heavily intoxicated it was no good no good um okay Amber and Gary so I have a couple thoughts on this Amber and Gary come out and basically they Gary reveals the fact that Leah has been in therapy and she's been to 10 sessions which is great I'm so glad to hear that but Amber kind of freaks out because she didn't know and Leah had asked Amber or had asked Gary not to tell Amber. Here's the thing. I think that's totally fine and fair. Um, I agree with Amber. I know. Strike me dead. But I agree with Amber. <laughs> that Gary did not need to tell her on camera. He just didn't. Like, that was bullshit. That was bullshit. He knows how Amber reacts. I wonder if he tells her on camera because he knows how she reacts and like it's just easier to deal with it on camera like on a reunion stage than deal with the fallout of it like telling her in their normal lives but like he shouldn't have told her on camera but that also doesn't justify like any of Amber's reaction right so Amber finds out about this and she flips the fuck out and I think it's just so telling of Amber's true nature and so telling of like Amber's desires behind Leah going to therapy right am I right like 
Leah, Amber has been saying over and over and over, she just wants Leah to go to therapy. She just wants Leah to go to therapy because Amber wants to use therapy to manipulate Leah into like coming back into her life. I use that kind of phrase loosely because I'm not sure how much Leah was ever in Amber's life, honestly. Maybe for the first year and a half. Like, Amber has never been an active parent figure. You can go back and watch early Team Mom OG. She's like... <laughs> She's not really parenting a lot of the time. She can't deal with it, Um, which isn't that surprising, right? Like, she was addicted to drugs and she had a lot of serious mental health stuff going on, but, like, she can't deal with it. Um, So Amber flips the fuck out and is says a bunch of stuff. One, I'm the mom, so I should know. No, that, no. And then she starts saying that Leah is only a child and should not be in charge of her own therapy. She is accusing Leah of, like, manipulating the therapy in her favor. It's so weird. I Like, I wish that there was somebody that wasn't Dr. Drew on stage. So he could have been like, hold on, pump the brakes. Like, what are you saying? He was challenging Amber a little, saying that it was okay that she didn't know and that, like, it was okay for Leah to be in charge of her therapy, but not nearly enough. Leah, Amber just kept being like, Leah shouldn't be in charge of this. Leah shouldn't be in charge of this. She's like, from I have educated myself. And from what I know, there is no therapist on earth who would say that a mother shouldn't know that her child's in therapy. And it's like, well, that's absolutely not true. <laughs> Leah is a child, yes, but she's also 12, which is absolutely old enough to be in charge of her own therapy. Um, I don't know who else should be in charge of her therapy. I mean, obviously, Amber thinks that she should be in charge of her therapy. Clearly, clearly, the issue is that Amber feels that Leah should be going to therapy with only one intention in mind, right? Which is to forgive Amber and let Amber be like this full-time parent figure. And now Amber like suddenly realizes that Leah's in therapy, but that's not happening. So she starts to rage because it's out of control. Now, like I said, I agree Gary should not have told her on camera, but like her reaction and her responses and her behaviors were so inappropriate. They're so not okay. Later, Christina is kind of able, able to calm her down because what she does is she, she makes the therapy about Amber, right? She's like, well, Leah and Amber just, or Leah and her therapist are just working on them getting to a place where they can like let you in and that Leah will be able to like have a relationship with you. And it's like maybe Leah and her therapist are working on getting to a place where Leah tells Gary she's not going to see Amber ever again. Like what what if that's the case? Um, it's clear that's why Amber calmed down. Um, of course she had a flip out about Gary and how she's in charge of all his money and that without her he would have nothing and she's like in his face screaming and pointing her finger and she's like you need to thank me for your money and he's like thank you and of course Drew doesn't say anything so that was funny I guess (laughs) it just like I don't know it just totally proved everything that we've all known and said about Amber which is that she doesn't give a fuck about Leah going to therapy for any sort of benefit for Leah, that it's all about going to therapy so that Leah will forgive Amber, um, which is so, it's just so fucked up. Then I also wanted to mention that, so Dr. Drew has Amber, Tiaza, and Kaya on stage. And actually, I thought that Kaya and Amber kind of had a nice conversation. Kaya talks about the fact that 
her dad was addicted to drugs and one night he called and asked Kaya to like hang out with him and she said no and then he overdosed that night and she just feels a lot of guilt that's like so much to carry around I felt really sad for her when she was talking about that Amber was kind of able to explain that like you know drug addicts are going to do what they're going to do and like he could have done it even if you were there like it it doesn't work like that which I thought Amber was being really nice with her um then Dr. Drew is like so have any of you been molested and poor Tiaza has a panic attack this is why you don't talk to people this way it's like Dr. Drew is so not trauma informed with the way that he talks and he pretends to be but it was so inappropriate like Tiaza clearly was not prepared to come and talk about that she was not prepared to talk about it on camera she was not in the right state of mind to talk about that that was not a safe space she talked about the fact that she has had therapy but it wasn't enough and she needs more she starts hysterically crying she's like yeah I have and the doctor Drew's like tell me about it tell me about it and she's like I just I just need a minute and she's crying and she says that it was by multiple people men and women it affects every single aspect of her life she was so confused I was enraged watching this I was so fucking mad at Drew he was like okay so let's talk about it let's talk about you being molested like she fucking did not sign up for this she did not agree to talk about this on camera she was so caught off guard she wasn't given an option if she wanted to share about this um like yeah of course she could have lied and been like no never and I'm sure a lot of people in those situations do but I just think that it was like so she was caught so off guard she wasn't really given an option to participate in this or not and it's just so shitty and like she was so not in a place that she could like safely talk about it and with somebody who could safely talk about it with her it just it really upset me that was probably the lowest I've ever felt from Dr. Drew like from watching these fucking reunions for 200 years or however long this goddamn show has been on the air I just it was so inappropriate I was so not okay with it I I could not believe what I was watching um I don't know if we've known that about Amber before but I mean it's not surprising um I just felt so sad for Tiaza. You guys know I have like a ridiculously soft spot for Tiaza. I think it's because she looks 12. Like when I like want to rock Tiaza in my arms like a little baby. Like she just looks so young and innocent and nice. And like she always just seems so hurt and wounded that I just want to like cradle her and be like, you're okay. I don't know if you guys ever watched Cougar Town, but (laughs) there was like this running bit on Cougar Town that, um, uh, that Busy Phillips character, whose name is truly, truly escaping me at the moment, wanted to um just like, why can't I think of anybody? I was recently watching these episodes. <laughs> now I need to look up their epi- characters' names. Hold on. <laughs> right. So Laurie, Busy Phillips' character, wanted to get in the pool with Courtney Cox's character, Jules, and hold her in her arms like a baby and rock her back and forth. <laughs> because like Jules always took care of Laurie and Laurie wanted to be able to do it back and that was like her way of wanting to do it back that's how I feel about Tiaza I want to get in a pool and just like rock her back and forth like a little baby I just she makes me feel so sad I think because she just seems so alone in this world like Kaya is obviously has her own trauma and her own issues 
But like she has such a supportive mom and sister and like has a support network network that Tiaza doesn't have. And I just feel so sad for Tiaza like when she's upset. And so watching Dr. Drew be like, tell me about being molested. One day it won't bother you. It'll just be part of who you are. Oh, my God. I just (laughs) that made me so fucking mad. It was so inappropriate. It's so not what you do. You do not just ask people that. It's so unfair to put them in that position. And he triggered her and she had a panic attack or what looked to be a panic attack as a result of it. I would imagine that the rest of that night felt really shitty for Tiaza. So fuck you, Dr. Drew. You know, not that that's a new phrase here, but truly fuck you, Dr. Drew. Okay, guys, Um, I think that's it. Oh, Farrah is going to be on the Teen Mom reunion for a minute. I don't know. I just don't care about this reunion show, family vacation or whatever they're calling it. I It just... I don't think it's for me. You guys know I don't love like physical challenges and shit like that. So I'm not really sure how this is going to jive with me. I guess I'll give it a shot. I think it premieres in a couple weeks. I don't know what I'm going to do the next few weeks. We'll see. I forgot to plug my Patreon. You should come to Patreon if you want to. Patreon.com slash Liz Explains. Last week I did True Life. I had my cousin's baby, which was a wild ride. It was like the little cousin of Wild and Wonderful Whites, West Virginia. (laughs) This week I'm going to talk about the Turpin family. Is that how you say their last name? Turpin? Um, The family that like the cops came in, found like 13 children chained to their bed and shit like that. They did a really, really good episode of uh, 2020 that I'm going to talk about with my friend Jesse, which I actually need to text her right now to plan that. <laughs> but besides that, I have a, about a million episodes on there that you can listen to if you just want to hear more of me and a bunch of Duggar stuff. So thank you all so much for listening. Um, I hope everybody has a nice week. To everybody who donated to Operation Santa, thank you again. I appreciate it so much. Um, you can still donate. I'm going to donate the rest of my stuff like once shipping is done, I'm going to use the collective rest of it to donate somewhere. I'm not totally sure where yet. Um, but you can also obviously support One Simple Wish on your own, Trans Santa. You can follow Trans Santa on Instagram. Um, there are a lot of great organizations that you can send your money to because I'm done uh, buying gifts. So thank you all so much. I hope everybody has a nice week and I will talk to you about, I'm not quite sure, next week. <laughs> Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.